Welcome to the podcast that understands the healing power of laughter. This is Not All Podcasts Wear Capes. That's right, T. You never rub another man's rhubarb. <laughs> hey, Spade. <laughs> have you ever danced? Have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? <laughs> it's on my to-do list. It's on that my was a, list. That was that was a deep uh, that was a deep cut right there. Yeah. Well, that, anybody that man who's, a, who's a fan of Joker, that man eighty-nine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anybody who's a fan of Joker, Jack Nicholson would uh would definitely get that and appreciate <laughs> that for sure. Um. All right. All right, Spade, what's, uh, what's on the agenda for this episode of our podcast? Yeah, so if, if you guys haven't figured it out by now, uh, we're actually going to talk about the Joker. Now, uh, you know, we, we saw it, uh, you know, when it first came out, but it's been a while because other, we felt more important things came up like Watchmen and uh, wanted to talk about that. So, uh, so yeah, we're, it's been we're gonna... a lot of content all of a sudden happening all at once. And it's been uh, piling up. There's just a lot of uh, must-watch fanboy stuff that we're trying to catch up on. That's right. Yeah, and, and you know, we got these things called lives that uh, get in the way sometimes. <laughs> jobs, <laughs> Re- lives, Real jobs, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, yeah, so, so Joker. So uh, what, uh, what, what was your first immediate reaction to the Joker? Okay, so it took me a while to go and see it. This is one of the, you know, normally uh, Spade and I go and see these movies um, within the first week. I, I was a little bit uninspired um, by it. And I was a little bit concerned uh, going in to see if there was, it was really kind of a, a movie I, I wanted to watch. Now, now I really really enjoyed it i think though some of my concerns were were on the money though but after after watching it i think um i think and this is of course completely spoilers uh top to bottom because if at this point if you haven't seen uh the joker yeah uh, you're, you're, you're not gonna... gonna watch it on hbo or something like that right yeah i um I kind of had the same reaction to you. I'm like, what's the point of a Joker movie without Batman? I'm like, I don't really think I need this. Um, and then they did the one thing that made me super interested in this movie. And they filmed outside uh, of my job. <laughs> right. Like, literally, I was looking out of the window and seeing filming taking place. <laughs> or no or the setting Newark. up. They were, yeah, were a yeah, Newark-based so... podcast. They were right there. <laughs> At That's Brian right. Market in front of the uh, the old movie theater. Yep. yep. They changed the letters. It, it says it said instead of saying Newark, and it's a it's it's, it's an iconic uh, theater yep. here in uh, Newark, and and it's in a lot of art. And if you ever see any kind of branding for Newark, they'll show that front of the movie theater. But what they did is they took out the K in Newark in the Joker movie and it says new art and it's there that yep. first scene there where he's holding the billboard he's being paid to hold the billboard and then the the young uh the young guys go and beat him up that scene yeah right there, right? yeah I actually took a couple pictures um just because the whole street was done up they weren't filming during the day a lot of what they filmed was at night and on weekends so I wasn't yeah. there you know during a lot of the main stuff but uh, I did take a couple pictures just because it's cool and I was I was actually texting them to you so you know maybe in the show yeah. notes on the website, I can right. I'll throw them up there. This um, isn't the first time that uh, the Batman franchise came to Newark. Uh, they came for uh, the Dark Knight for, Rises. Yeah, that was another one that was right outside right, of my job. Right, right, um, right yeah. A lot of the underground stuff they did in the subways were, 
we're, we're filmed right right by where I work. Right. So um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a teacher in Newark, and uh, what was that we uh, when they were filming The Dark Knight Rises, uh, they reached out to the school district, and I was able to go there with a couple of my students to the sets, and we were there watching uh, it being filmed. So we were right there. We were only about like ten feet from Christopher Nolan. Um, actually, our our uh, audio editor uh, 3.0 he was there with me um so that was really cool and it was actually really interesting um but yeah newark city is gotham right yep sure sure is so all right so and and this is what i was thinking uh, going in and you know i'm you know i'm getting older and i'm looking at these things and and the first thing i thought about was the movie fight club because, you know, every single dormitory wall is uh, decorated with a poster of the movie Fight Club. And it, it's right there next to, a, you know, like Reservoir Dogs or something like that. And I know there's so many people, oh, I love the movie Fight Club. Oh, I love the movie Fight Club. Oh. And they, I think that so many people who enjoy the movie Fight Club enjoy the movie fight club for the wrong reasons and that this guy is the main character in fight club we won't get into it it's just a terrible human being and this kind of young male kind of thing coming out of it going yeah all right yeah and you know uh, it, it was a great movie but that guy is a broken terrible person who mistreats people and blows up buildings and it's they're 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 not a good person and i think that but it was a great movie. It was a really great movie. And going into something like The Joker and making The Joker the protagonist, that is something that I think I I, I was really worried about. Now, having seen the movie, it's not that bad, and I don't think... Uh, but Joker already has that with people who are like, oh, I want to dress as the Joker, you know, and that happened a lot, I think a lot more during Dark Knight, um, Batman the Dark Knight. I think that it it was a really good movie. Yeah, I mean, my thought was, like, I enjoyed the movie. I thought the performance was great. You know, and then I, I went with a buddy of mine, and afterwards we started talking about it. I'm like, you know, that was pretty good. I, I really liked it. Then, like, about a week later, I'm thinking about the movie, and I'm like, you know, his performance was awesome. There's no denying oh, yeah, no that. No doubt. No, absolutely great. But, absolutely great. Uh, you know, Joaquin Phoenix, um, he's he's I hung way, out way above Joaquin Jared Phoenix Leto. once. I Did was uh, yeah, it was a part. It was a part. It was for the um, uh, the village, right? The um, Shyamalan. Uh, oh yeah, video. yeah, yep. Uh, yeah, it was in New York City. Uh, some friends of mine were playing a party for them, and and one of my friends knew uh, Joaquin's Phoenix dad and uh, Costa Rica, so uh, we got invited. So I was there hanging out on the couch. He was there, you know. I said, "Hey, man," but that was about it. But yeah, <laughs> went to a party. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, um. But yeah, no, his performance was great. It was it was awesome. Yeah, and his his dance moves spectacular. Yeah, yeah. L I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, but okay. So but, here's the thing, right? He was running down the street as a Joker. That was awesome. It's like him running crazily down a street, and it happens a lot in the film. But it just happened over and over again. The Joker walking slow motion down a hallway. It looks great. The music is swelling. He's going slow motion, but it kept on doing that. It, it yeah. was, it was, it was, it was in real trouble 
of becoming a two-hour music video of just um, uh, and I get it. It's kind of like a narcissistic movie. Every scene has the Joker in it. There's no scene that doesn't have the Joker in it. The camera is always on him, right? Right. And I get it because if it's Joker's narcissistic, so you know, I mean, it's it's gonna it's gonna be in there, right? Um, well, maybe not narcissistic isn't the word, but very, very much, you know, introverted, self-absorbed. Um, and it was just, it, it was like the music began to swell in the first act and it felt like the music wasn't, there was never a point where the music wasn't swelling. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was doing things and it was just like, he wasn't out to hurt anybody. It's just, he kept getting... Uh, what do you want to say? Picked on, pushed on. Right, it's right, basically right. like, like, y- you know, if you're constantly beaten down, at what point do you break? That's that's right, essentially right, right. What, what the movie is, right? And then they, no, they kind of dabbed on, dabbled on like the mental health aspect, right? right was right. he crazy? The mother was crazy. Um, you know, making up stories. And but my my main issue with the character, he was kind of an idiot. You know, like, like the Joker, if you look at the Joker, right, in, in the Dark Knight, Heath Ledger, I, I think, you know, is obviously the best. He, he had he a plan. He knew what he was doing, yeah. He yeah, knew, yeah. well, I, I mean, I get, he, yeah, he did have a plan, even, even though you, you could say, you know, he's he's just, he's just pure chaos, right? They right, even right, say right. that in the movie. But he was cognizant of everything that he was doing and what was going on, right, right. Going on and what was around him. Here, it's kind of like, here, I guess I'm going to use a pun almost a joke yeah. <laughs> really he was reactionary things were right. being done to him the entire film he wasn't doing anything he was just like you said like you know taking the punches and and he was just he never really did anything even that thing about getting on to um uh the talk show it was a happenstance that it happened. It was almost like blind luck that that you know uh, that allowed him to get on there, and he didn't even really knew know what he was going to do when he got on there. It was just you know, and I think the Joker in but, this movie but you isn't know what? the character you know what? See, of the Joker that I grew up with because the character right. of the Joker, like right. you're saying, is somebody who is like aha, this is one of, this is the terrible thing I'm going to do today. And it's going to be so complicated in this, and it's going to just cause wreak chaos everywhere. But here, the chaos was happening to him. Right. And actually, the the only part, even though him getting on the show was happenstance at the end, um, that's the only part where I felt like he actually knew what he was doing. Right? Didn't he come out? He he kissed the old lady, right? That was on the the show with him. Dr. Ruth Westheimer. (laughs) There you go. You know, name, you, name were you too young for that, Doctor Ruth? Yeah, no, Doc, it was it was like a, a, a not Doctor Ruth, but it was a, a kind of like Doctor Ruth, right? And then the other guy sitting in the chair looked uh, like uh, Johnny Carson's uh, sidekick perfectly. It was almost like a, a look alike. Uh, okay, yeah, but um, but to me that was the only part where he knew, right? He was planning to go on there and kill himself, and again. You had uh, Robert De Niro just what was in Marty, just poking him and poking him, and he just he snapped right, and he he pulls right, out the gun and right. shoots him obviously on on live TV. So, you know, I felt like that was the only time that he had a plan, and to me that was one of the better scenes in the movie because there was you could feel the tension. You didn't know what he was going. Is he going to shoot himself? Is he going to shoot him? Is he going to shoot some people? Somebody in the audience? It was like it was really really well done. 
so here's the thing. Now, you know, there's very specific political things that are brought up in this film. One, healthcare system and how we treat the mentally ill in this country. And it's a very important topic. Right. And, and again, you know, going back to, uh, I guess, my only response to Martin Scorsese's um, uh, comments about superhero films, I think that superhero films are a great opportunity to talk about these kind of issues in a context, a fantastic context that's separated from our exact reality, but that can comment on our reality and has a very wide mass appeal audience. So you can deal with very complex issues like they did in Star Trek, uh, what Star Trek, where, where, oh, it's in the future, so it's not really us, but we're talking about these issues. So the, the mental health care and how it fails the most vulnerable of us. And that's really important, and I think they touched on that. What they, but they kind of butterfly landed on it, and they really didn't go anywhere with it, right? Also, and I think the coolest thing, I think, about this film, and I wish it was a Batman film instead of a Joker film because of it, is Thomas Wayne. That was an and interesting take Thomas on a character. Wayne, right, right. And that Thomas Wayne was an awful person, right? And I read this article about, about um, if you look into the, you know, the canon of the, Bat, uh, the Wayne family in the comic books and you look into the canon of it and, and like, you know, there's this, you know, you know uh, this Anglican family that came in, uh, to the United States with the original settlers from England and that they've been, they've been in Gotham. They were one of the settlers of Gotham City. They were there for the longest time and the money has been in their family for 200 or so years, right? And somebody wrote an article about, oh, if, if there was a really wealthy family of that kind of uh, great wealth in the United States at the end of the 1700s, um, you know, how did they make their wealth? And, and doing all the research, the wealthiest families in the United States at that time made their wealth in, in, in the slave trade. So then you go keep on going on through, um, through history, and Gotham City has always been friggin' awful. But in Gotham City, there's all this obscene wealth, right? And, you know, what's Batman's superpower? Money. You know, <laughs> white privilege right. and obscene wealth. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what Batman's superpower is. And it comes to this thing where I want to see that movie. I want to see Bruce Wayne having to come to terms with, like, you know what? Your dad was awful, you know, because they always have him as this beatific character where, you know where he's funny. like a doctor and he saved people. He's doing everything he can for the people of Gotham. But in the in, in the Joker, he's like, you know, they're just jealous of our wealth. And I was like, whoa. It's, it's funny you bring that up. I mean, I know you don't play a lot of video games, but there's a company, Telltale, who did a Batman video game. And that was part of the story was that oh, Thomas right. Wayne wasn't who... Bruce Wayne thought he was and coming to grips. I don't, I don't remember the whole story cause it's been a, a few years, but it was essentially like the penguins, you know, uh, the cobble pots and the Waynes were like uh -huh. friends. But like, I think Thomas Wayne like kind of wrote the cobble pots out of history. And now the penguin comes right. back and kind of fills in all the gaps and everything. Right. So now it's like Bruce Wayne, like you said, coming to terms with all this Kind of, kind of yeah, stuff. Because the Cabo Pots are old Gotham, right? Too. Right. And, and and I think and I think that because that movie 
needs to be made. I think they try to do it with The Dark Knight Rises because Catwoman's uh, talking about that. How can so many people have so much and other people have so little, right? But I think that can be done in like, uh, and, and I, I really like the new, um, what is it, Court of Owls? Because that's like this kind of uh, secret society of old money kind of thing that they could really do a story about that because I think that's really interesting in Batman coming to terms of with really, you know, what that wealth is about. That that would be that would be interesting. And and I would have and I would love to have seen that. But this Joker movie, you know, right there when the Joker standing on the cop car at the end or the crap yeah, I guess you the mean crash I'm, cop I'm, car. I'm right? brought in Halsey. They didn't even right, cover right. up the street and signs. He, <laughs> really? Oh, that was that. That was in Newark yeah. too. I didn't yeah. realize that. And and he's he, you know he put, put you know he finally makes himself the full Joker by using his blood from his mouth to paint the paint the smile up his his face. I mean, Batman needed to come down and start beating people well, up because they right. He was too busy they, in they the alley. Batman he was right too busy there, in the alley right? watching his parents get shot again. Why did they put it? Why did they, yeah? I mean, they didn't need to do. They didn't need to put that. No, in they they, they, to they had to hammer that point yeah. home for for sequel purposes. I don't think there was a. I think I think there were repetitive scenes. I don't think there was enough in this film for just the Joker movie because it was just Joker, Joker, Joker. And um, I think it would have been great if this was a Batman movie and there was there's some other stuff going on because you know Batman. Also, Batman is just a coat hanger to hang a villain on. Right, uh, and the the best Batman movies were always that. You know? Well, I mean, it it I mean, essentially, it didn't have to be a Batman movie, like you're saying. You could have still had the Joker no. movie, right? But you could have had Batman in it and just tell it from the Joker's point of view, you know? Because he there was no antagonist really. Well, what was yeah. what was his, you know, the the quote unquote villain yeah. that the Joker was going up against? The the two cops who run to him, you know? Right. I mean, I got a real feel of like the Nolan verse in this. It feels like they want to move back to that kind of that set, more set in the real world, Christopher Nolan kind of feel for Batman. I think which really worked. Which it doesn't work. Like the Nolan verse is a very specific thing, other than the Zack Schneider verse. And I think Batman works better uh, in in that. I don't. You know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm you know, I I'm looking forward to the Robert Pattinson because I think he's a good it's good casting. But I wonder what like real tone they're gonna go for. I hope it's more Christopher Nolan than uh, than Zack Schneider or um, or uh, like a Joss Whedon. Justice. Yeah, no, I mean they're they're talking about what is it, the Long Halloween, right? I think is is one of the rumors. Right, right. So I mean that and they're throwing all the all the villains are right. In there. All the so I mean that that by in nature is a is a darker movie. So I, I to me. I feel like it's almost going to be closer to like the Tim Burton stuff in style. Mm-hmm. Like I, th- I think that would work. Oh, Tim Burton. Yeah, I think that would, yeah. would kind of work. But you know, who knows? But um, I mean, yeah, I, I think we, we can kind of wrap the the Joker up unless you really got anything else yeah. to say. But I, yeah. I, I want to. I mean, I, I'd rather. See, yeah, Hugo Strange movie. Yeah, Hugo Strange. But yeah, I mean, I, 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 it was really good. It was really, really well made. But um. But it was almost came off as like a really long music video. Yeah. Before we, we, we finish up, though, just two two bullet points. Number one, right. he's definitely not Bruce Wayne's brother. Right? That was a conversation that, that I was having with people oh, yeah, where yeah. it's like, 
but wait, wasn't he really? And and Thomas Wayne? No, he's not. All that stuff was made up. Right, the right, mother right, made all, all right, that up. Right, 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 so, right, right. so I just okay. Here's here's the other theory that people came in. Did any of the movie happen? That that was going to be my second or, point because the beginning right, right, starts right. in the insane asylum and it ends in the insane asylum. So what happened in between? Is it like to your point and, earlier? And, is it a Fight Club situation? Where he just made right, you know made right. it all up, dual personality kind of thing, right? Because in the Killing Joke by Alan Moore, the one of the you know best Batman stories ever told, um, that the idea in there is that the Joker says, "You know what?" and they flash back to him being a comedian, right, and all these things, right? So in, in there, he goes, "You know what? I remember it like this, but sometimes I remember it another way." And so it it said like like this is one possible version of the Joker story. Right. So maybe in that kind of um, and of course the uh, the uh, Christopher Nolan right ones, Heath Ledger uh, every time told a he, different story he tells the story yeah. right 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 and and that's what I would like I think I would have been if they hinted that because some of it really didn't occur so did all of it not occur right right well I'll tell you one thing this podcast definitely occurred <laughs> yeah so. Uh, so, uh, th- I guess the joke's on us. Disney Plus is here, and so is the Mando. I have spoken. <laughs> yeah, all right, ladies and gentlemen. This is, uh, we are going to be, I am so excited uh, to talk about this. I have been looking forward to this more, really more than any of the Star Wars movies since the Disney purchase. And uh, what we are talking about today is we have seen the first two episodes of The Mandalorian. Yes, we have. Uh, on Disney+. Plus. So, right off the bat, this is the Star Wars I have been looking for since... Return of the Jedi. I, 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 I really, I think it's the, it's the best Star Wars since Return of the Jedi. I, um, that and Rogue One. Yep. Um, but I think this is better than Rogue One. And I, and, and I, and I really felt that when in the set, and by the way, complete and utter spoilers. So if you don't want to know what's going on in the Mandalorian, Stop right now uh, and go call somebody who has a Disney Plus account and borrow their... Yeah, th- they allow 10, 10, devi- 10 devices they allow up to. So, so you can so, definitely so, snag something. Um, so your cousin better give that yeah, to you. But but um, specifically, these are the first um, two episodes because nothing else has been released first, yet. We're, yeah, we've watched yeah, the first ex- two exactly. episodes, right? Uh, so if this is released later and we're, the Mandalorian is already on episode four, you understand that we are recording Yeah, blame it on 3.0. so the second episode when the mandalorian full tilt runs after the sand crawler and then is trying to crawl up the sand crawler two things let me guess let me guess indiana jones okay yeah yeah indiana jones (laughs) there's a lot of references in there but yeah, the t- the tank the tank chase in uh, the Last Crusade. They actually stole the thing where he's about to get crushed yep. against the cliff. Cliff, I tweeted about that. Like my tweet. <laughs> um, so, so he's running up and he starts climbing up, and I'm like, well, first thing is there was an old video game. I think it was in the '90s. Don't tell me. I can't tell you what year. But it was called Super Star Wars, 
and it was a left to right scroller and there's one thing where you have to just jump around and climb up a sand crawler you're luke skywalker at the time and you have to get to the top of the sand crawler it was just like that video game i was like awesome and then i was like but the real thing i was feeling was this is how i played with my star wars toys <laughs> back in 1980 and it was just having boba fett climb up the side of a cardboard box because i didn't get the sand crawl i had enough star wars toys but it was just crawling up there with the jawas at the top i mean it was just pure star wars and i think what's really really great about what's going on it is this is so much story first because and again the second the beginning of the second episode the like the first 10 minutes or so has absolutely no yeah, dialogue yep it's just a lot of action pure. and him just floating around but maybe before we get so much into the second episode let's go back to the first one because there's a huge okay, spoiler okay, at okay, the okay, end okay, of the right, first right. episode that you know but um yeah in case you guys can't tell we 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 love this show we're gushing over it we we had a good time with it um it's definitely enjoyable so 100 100 percent stick with it and and like t said this is star wars so one of the things that i liked and i I said this to you during the premiere was it was pretty cool to see actual like working sets not everything 100 percent cgi you know like when he's walking through the town and and they're doing their their standoff and everything it's legit like you could tell that they built that that set uh, aside from i guess ig88 or uh, right. ig11 i mean what else would have really been cgi in, in that yeah, right, right, right. you know scene so so no matter what there is going to be certain amount of cgi right in it. and uh, you know you could there's certain things they just can't do practically. you mean they didn't chop but the guy did, in, in half is, well, they didn't really do that <laughs> but 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 they but they didn't even do that CGI. They just flung yeah. some <laughs> fake legs, right? They didn't show it, right? So what they did with the the razor crest, or anyway, so with with the with the Mandalorian ship, they actually built the model. And when they have the flybys of the ship, they're actually doing that with miniatures and camera now. All of this stuff is going to be supported by computers, and the and the, and the cameras are being controlled by the computers while they're flying by the by the spaceship. But there is a real commitment to doing as much practical effects and set building as they possibly could, and it really, really shows. I have such a a thing for when Star Wars has an actual puppet the, the on not- set. I mean, right? Well, the Ugnaught—that's just sci-fi makeup, right? Um, that's the only thing. In, 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 in the Mandalorian that I, I feel that they got wrong is they didn't introduce the, the sense of scale with the Ugnaught properly right off the bat. I think they're having some problems there. And I, I don't understand why, because it's a really kind of easy, practical solution in the set. And they could actually fix that in CGI without without a real problem. But sometimes the, the, the Ugnaught felt a little yeah, so, too So late. the Ugnaught, in case anyone doesn't know, he's the guy that the Mandalorian meets up with who teaches them how to ride like the little... I guess, what do you want to call it? The rhino thing? What, what were those animals? that The squelch. Yeah, what, yeah, whatever he was riding. <laughs> yeah, or... he, he was the one who keeps saying, I have spoken. 3.0 here. It's actually called the Blurg. Yeah, you know. I'm, right, right. And he's played well, by... Nick, um... Nick Nolte, which uh, which I made the joke at T's house. They they saved a lot of money on the makeup budget by casting Nick Nolte in that part. 
so yeah, oh, Nick Nolte's Nick Nolte's great. I love that. I love that character. Um, and you know, he he has this kind of very old-fashioned movie way of speaking to people who don't speak English in old-fashioned movies, and it's kind of like. I will not be in servitude. Very plain, blunt, Conan the Barbarian kind of, <laughs> of uh, kind of very, you know, uh, uh, simple sentences. And he does such a great job. And he's such a, uh, the, the makeup was great. Nick Nolte is doing a great job. He's a really interesting yeah, character. For, for sure. What planet are they on, do you think? They have not said any planet. And a lot of people were asking if the episode where uh, the Mandalorian finds the bounty people are saying is it is it tatooine because there are jawas but they were on another planet and jawas were also there so um i think they're specifically not talking about what planets they're on and i don't believe that's tatooine um because i think that um i think they're all new planets but the planets right yeah i was just wondering if you because they're all they're yeah, all kind you, you of kind of answered the question I was going to ask if whether or not you actually thought it was Tatooine. Yeah. Um, right, but yeah, right. so so I guess um, let's let's dive into who the actual bounty is that that he's after. Okay, spoilers. Now we're cut cut to really into spoilers. Um, wow, I you know there's not a lot of um, there's not a lot of toys out for the Mandalorian. I haven't been seeing it, but if they don't get those baby Yodas on the show oh, by Christmas time at, at all the at all the the department stores by Christmas time they are they are losing millions and millions yeah, of dollars that that was a great twist because I'm like all right it's gonna obviously end up being somebody that we probably kind of know something that we've seen before who's he gonna be after oh maybe it's job of the hut you know like or well no I guess not job of the hut but some something like that and then they 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 end up in the the room where the mark is and it's a little um superman like incubator right so you're like okay it's right, it's a baby, baby, baby right baby it's a baby Yoda. right so you're like oh they're gonna open this up it's just gonna be yeah. a generic baby whatever not a big deal and then the hood pops open and it's like yeah. you said baby yoda and you're like okay <laughs> what what is going on here so um you know uh, it was great and you know what's again another thing about the special effects Therefore, so there's a, there is a, the, the, we're saying baby Yoda, but it is a baby of the same species right. as Yoda. Right. It is so not Yoda because this place, this is taking place five, seven years after. Right. Return and they, of the Jedi. they never named Yoda species, right? That was what. Right. They've never right. named Yoda species. There's only been two so far that have been Yoda species already. It's been Yoda. And then in the, in the prequels, Phantom Menace, Yaddle. Yaddle. Yep. Female Yoda. So, so based on what we know, this is probably their child, right? <laughs> well, I mean, it, well, well, they, it could they said be, it's 50 but years I, old, know, I, don't, I don't think right? they'll be that specific. So if you go right, back, right. the timeline probably works, you know? Right. Okay. So, so, so also if you do, and, and okay, we're going into speculation. Sheer speculation. So, Seven years after Return of the Jedi, if you go and you start doing the math, if you go on the Star Wars timeline, which is kind of complicated because how did Obi-Wan get so old so quickly kind of stuff. If you go back in the, in the timeline, 50 years prior to that date is when Darth Vader was, uh, Anakin Skywalker was born. 
people are speculating online that this baby, the same species as Yoda, was born at the same time as Anakin Skywalker was born. Okay. So that's the one meant to bring balance to the Force, I guess? Well, it could be the Chosen One, or is it this other thing where balance of the Force, right? If something comes, like a Chosen One comes, it has to be like, but it wasn't, and then you have to kind of balance itself out, because if you give birth to a Darth Vader, then another thing, something else has to come come forward. Now, now Now, having said that, Star Wars timeline is, I mean, the years are really messed up because, and it really shows in Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like, how old is Obi-Wan Kenobi when we're looking at Star Wars 77, A New Hope, right? So, so at that point, Alec Guinness is playing, you know, he's a character that's, you know, so old, but then, you know, you go in in the Ewan McGregor character and how they set up the dates were really kind of sloppy. So, you know, Obi-Wan looks super old in 70, Star Wars 77, but the character is supposed to look, I mean, maybe be a little bit younger. I have to, I don't have all the numbers. I mean, I guess the, the, it depends on what the gap is between episode three and four in terms of years, right? So right. if it's 45 years, I guess it would have but, to be. But, but Luke and Leia are born at the very end okay. of... Of, of Revenge of the Sith. That's right. So, so Star Wars 77 has to be, you know, what is he, 18? 20? 19? Well, I mean. Yeah, I right. To, okay. And, and there's no real time, you know, and then you could, you know, if if anybody who's being fancy and cute could be like, well, you know, when you travel in hyperspace and you travel faster than the speed of light, there's time dilation and things like that. But that's more Star Trek than Star Wars, right? But it, it, it is uh, it is a little bit of, uh, you know, the thing there. But you know what? Who knows? Maybe there's something to that theory that they're, they're putting out there. But I think that what I like about The Mandalorian is the simplicity in the storytelling, right? It's very simple. He's like, he, you have to get this. It's point A, point B. Yeah. Point B, right. It, 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 the, the, the need of The Mandalorian is very, very simply put and there's not a lot of there's not a lot of exposition no. no right the only level of exposition there was is was in um uh there with Werner Herzog and um uh the client they call it, that the only he's only known as the client nobody has yeah. really named very few people have names yep. right which is really cool which and again this references Clint Eastwood spaghetti westerns. This references, um, especially the first episode was the cowboy right. film, right? Um, even when he walks into the bar, you hear the, you know, the kind of classic kind wow, of uh, wow, music. Wow. Oh, talking about the, right? I, I love the music, and and I heard somebody online complain about, well, this is very, um, not very Star Wars like music, and I'm like. Exactly. Great. This is specifically, um, this is specifically what we want in the Star Wars. That you are doing. A, the first episode was a spaghetti western, one hundred percent. The second episode was Lone Wolf and Cub, Japanese Japanese samurai manga from uh, the eighties and and I mean I'm not exactly sure what date that were made seventies probably and it was made into a number of movies early eighties. 
uh, movies in Japan called Baby Cart to Hades or something like that. It was about a samurai assassin and had his son in a baby carriage and they would just go around the Japanese uh, countryside um, taking uh, bounties, right? So that was like completely that and it was awesome. And this is a tradition of Star Wars because so many people start Star Wars going, oh, George, George Lucas has such a great imagination. This is when Star Wars came out. No one had ever seen anything like that before. Wrong. Everything in Star Wars was completely ripped off whole cloth from other things. From the book Dune to the, uh, which is Tatooine. The, uh, the the Death Star Trench Battle, which was ripped off a, a World War II movie called Dam Busters, where they had to fly in and blow up a dam. They just had to fly in and blow up the Death Star. Um, from Han Solo's Just a Cowboy, that whole thing in the cowboy movies, the Jedi are, sam- Jedi are samurai, and just, and, and scene to scene, and in the, actually in the Death Star Trench um, battle, exact lines were ripped off that movie, Dam Busters. So it's kind of like George Lucas was the Quentin Tarantino of his day, because Quentin Tarantino makes these postmodern movies that are just references. Right, you take, you take a whole bunch it's of kind stuff, of put it in a blender. Add your own little style to it. Right, right. Set it in space, and this is what you get. And, and right, and it's supposed to be the people watching a Quentin Tarantino are supposed to be able to understand the collage, recognize the Easter eggs, reminisce about these old movies. And this is essentially the same that George Lucas and Quentin Tarantino are very similar filmmakers. Um, because that's what that was about. And I mean, I could go in and list a thousand things. Oh, R2-D2 and C-3PO, Silent Runnings. R2-D2 and C-3PO also in the, the Kira Kurosawa movie, The Hidden Fortress. And they even say, uh, when Darth Vader, remember the, in the 1977 Star Wars where Darth Vader's about to choke a guy out there in the boardroom? And the Death Star, the Death Star boardroom, and he goes, and you can't find their hidden fortress. He almost says the name of the movie, The Hidden Fortress. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, in the thing. So, I mean, so now looking at The Mandalorian, I absolutely love the fact that it's this, he is Clint Eastwood, the man with no name from uh, Fistful of Dollars. He's the uh, he's exactly that character, and of course, Fistful of Dollars is a remake of the Akira Kurosawa movie Yojimbo, and Yojimbo is just Akira Kurosawa in Japan post World War II making a samurai film that that mimicked the cowboy films of the 1940s and 50s. I mean, um, so there's this kind of everything is everything is a remix, everything's being remade, and they lean into this heavily in The Mandalorian. The music is great. Um, it is Star oh, 100%. Wars. It looks like Star Wars. It feels like Star Wars. It is like every little bit, and I love it that the stormtroopers were completely covered in filth and were dirty. You, you don't you know want to I mean? see they were kind of shiny, like, brand new <laughs> like from fresh Cadillac. Right, right. And that and that's that's another thing that George Lucas really brought in because you know when before and one of the great things that George Lucas did, and I don't mean to you know, be hard on him, but when he was making stores, he was like, Listen, I want this to look like a worn in future. This future has to be lived in. It's sci fi, but it has to be 
lived in. It looks like that these things were actually, these ships were in space, they were on the road, I want to see the dust. And it felt like really real. And this is the kind of thing, especially in fantasy movies, you know, you go see a fantasy movie or a television show, and then the costumes look like they just came out of the shop. And you're, the costume shop, and you're like, no, 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 this is medieval times. No one's even, you know, no one's even supposed to have. You mean, you teeth. mean like the prequels? <laughs> Are you talking about no. the prequels here? Yeah, no, like, right, right, right. But I mean, no, no, I'm just I, saying I any mean, fantasy I, I... movie. Like, if you're watching like a Kevin Sorbo's Hercules story, you know, everything looks like they, it, like the the person from the costume shop got it done in like five minutes right ago, out and was rushing it. the costume onto the set, right? And that's what Game of Thrones got right too, because all those costumes looked like they had been worn before. It wasn't the first time they were worn, and this kind of worn-in future look that 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 really sold Star Wars as like an actual kind of thing you could get absorbed into is extremely present here in extremely present here in in um, the Mandalorian. And you're right, it wasn't present in the prequels. Oh. Everything was shiny and clean. I guess that was what he was trying to go for. Well, that's but. what it is, right? It's the, the smoothing out of the, the CGI and everything. Here you have everything, like like we said before, practical. Right. Um, except for Baby Yoda using the Force, and, right? Right. So so actually, Baby Yoda, in my understanding, he's a, he's a, a, a combination of puppetry and CGI. Yeah. So, because when he's walking around, it has to be CGI. And I can't tell, really. Sometimes I'm like, all right, he's walking. That has to be CGI. But the, the puppet in the, in, the, in the bassinet, yeah, I'm like, wow. Like, look at the texture of the, the skin hair, and, the, the hair the head. and the little hairs on the top of his head is blowing in the wind. It was yeah, so, it, so it, well it is. It's, it's really good. And you could see every dollar that they're pumping into this thing is coming out on screen. You know, they're, they're yeah, sparing yeah, yeah, no yeah, expense yeah, with the yeah, budget. And I think there's something around like $20 million an episode right. or something I heard, which is crazy considering. Yeah, or 50, I heard 15. Yeah, yeah it um, depends. Yeah, I mean, because these are relatively yeah, yeah. short episodes, right? But the first still, one was under 40 minutes. The second one was right around a half an hour, um, which actually I like because there's no fat on these things. You know, there's no... Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> they're, not, they, they, they're not doing any filler. They're not doing any filler. And, 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 and again... To, to go back to Lucas's copy and paste film style, the, he wanted to do Flash Gordon and he didn't have the rights to do Flash Gordon. So he decided to do Star Wars instead because he wanted to do Flash Gordon. And that's where you get all the soft white transitions was because and the and the opening crawl and Star Wars were from the old Flash Gordon serials um, that would play before feature feature movies right remember you remember what happened in the 1930s and 40s and all the way into the 50s when you went to the movie theater you just didn't see one movie you saw a double feature right you saw uh, the b movie that happened before and then you saw feature. the uh, feature presentation and even before that you would go in and you would see a newsreel so they would play like the news you would see cartoons this is where bugs bunny and and mickey mouse were being played those five minute things so you'd see the news you would see some cartoons then you would see an adventure serial and those adventure serials like flash gordon lone ranger whatever it would be only like 15 minutes and you would get introduced and then you would go follow the character and then each episode would end on a cliffhanger. So there'd be like 15 episodes. And this is where the word cliffhanger comes from because sometimes the hero is actually hanging from a cliff. 
So, you know, these kids who go and see these movies, they would be sure to return to the movie theater the next week where they could see the story continue. Oh, I have to know, you know, why, you know, what happened to my hero as he's, as he's falling off this cliff and they would come back. And because of that kind of short length and everyone's like, oh, everything's a sequel. But there were things with these adventure stories that you would return to it. There are a thousand uh, Tarzan books that were written and Lone Ranger books. And this idea that Star Wars had a sequel is, and these kind of adventure stories have sequels, is because that's built into it. And the length of the Mandalorian ones, those kind of really short length, I was like, oh, it's over so quickly. I was like, ah, oh, I want more. But that's the point. Yeah, right. And more. that was the funny thing when we actually saw it live, your your brother was like, oh, I thought this was going to be a party where we were going to watch like six episodes in a row. He had no idea. It was just, <laughs> you know, one episode at a time. And, you know, we right, we said right, right, right after right, the first right. one, like, man, I really wish there was more because I could totally watch another one right now. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could, I could, I, like, right now, I don't care if there's work tomorrow, if there were five on there, I would have yeah. to watch it straight. Right, right. <laughs> Um, but but you know what though I I, I, I like the the, the slow drip because now we can actually like talk about it. It's not like oh we got to rush and watch the yeah. whole thing and talk about everything at once. You know now exactly. now you can actually have conversations and and theorize and discuss whether or not this is Baby Yoda or you know is it McClurk McClunky right 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 McClunky. Um, uh, oh yeah, the McClunky thing. Uh, yeah, they they redid the handshot first scene again, and they just added McClunky in there. They're trolling yeah, us. Literally, the word McClunky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, just Google it. Check it out. We're we're not going to go into it here. Yeah, um, right. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, I think it is a good idea that it, it gets spread out. It gets spread out because there's something like it was difficult for me when we were watching the Marvel uh, series on Netflix and everything would just drop at once. I got to get to 13 like, hours by next week. I have to get, I got to get through. Someone's going to spoil this, it for me. You know what I mean? Because some, right, right, right. And you know, we, there was this, uh, and, and uh, back to the Mandalorian, even though it's short, there's very deliberate and slow pacing. I liked that he was walking across with the sun behind him across a desert scene like Kane from Kung Fu, you know, and it's going really slow. So I could take a breath. And that's one of the, my favorite, you know, shots ever in Star Wars is when they kind of stop for a second to slowly watch the beauty of the world they brought you to, you know. Um, I think movies nowadays, they, they, the, the world that they, they, they have more technology to be able to, to create these worlds, but they blast through it so quickly that you don't really get to take a breath and smell the flowers and enjoy the beauty of the, of, of the world they brought you to. We're looking at you, Game like of Thrones. Thought they wanted to... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the, the fast, I mean, the fast um, travel not, in, not in the, the last six season. seasons, right? Right, right. But I mean, like, it, you know, it's so, there's so many things that you, like, there's so much stuff sometimes happening on screen that you get lost. But just even the beginning of the second episode where they take a few moments just to show some lizards skittering around. I mean, that's what the Star Wars I live for. You know what I mean? This kind of quiet kind of uh, thing that they're, and they're really hitting it. They're really hitting it. Right, right, right before the Mandalorian starts disintegrating people. Right. Right. Hats hats off to John Favreau. 
Hats off to John Favreau uh, as the showrunner uh, for this. I mean, I think he really understands Star Wars. I mean, I, uh, he really, really understands it. And uh, the uh, first episode was directed by Dave Filoni. And Dave Filoni has been with Lucasfilm for a very long time. He was the showrunner for all of the Star Wars Clone Wars CGI animated series. So he wrote and and was was in charge of all that for years. And then when he was one of the, he survived the Disney buyout. I, I, they kept they kept a lot of uh, most of Lucasfilm the structure in place, as far as my understanding is. Um, and Dave Filoni came in, and then they gave him another series. And the next series they gave him was Rebels. Now again, Clone Wars and Rebels are hit or miss. But there are certain episodes that in in those in those cartoons in those animated the animated series that really hit this hit the, hit the mark with um, being uh, very Star Wars. And now he's getting there promoted to running the first uh, live action animated series of uh, uh, Star Wars. So it's uh, it's um, he did a great job. I mean I mean not show running. He's directing that first episode. And he did a great job um, with that first episode, and then the second episode. I'm just so in love with the second episode; it's great. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I, I think we should do maybe a. We're gonna try and do a, maybe a biweekly check in. What do you think? See two yeah. episodes, then maybe do like a mini podcast about it. I mean, there's only nine of these things, so there's only seven more to go. Yeah, it'll be finished by the end of the year, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you count seven weeks from now, right? So yeah, probably yeah. like you said, but right around the. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, it'll be end around the end of the year. Yeah, so, but yeah, no, I can't, I can't, I can't say enough about how wonderfully this is is going on. So, so Mandalorian is, uh, you know, the Western. Um, they do an Obi Wan uh, series when they do the Obi Wan series. I'm sure they'll lean heavily into the samurai aspect of it. If when the Cassian Andor series comes out, I'm sure they're going to lean heavily into kind of spycraft and. And um, space space pirate, there's space pirate or you know espionage, you know. Uh, so yeah, I, I, yeah, I'll, I'll be really looking forward to that. So, uh, yeah, dude, you know all the capes, all the capes, this, <laughs> uh, series, all the capes. Agreed, agreed. So yeah, that that's the Mandalorian. We we have spoken. We have we have spoken. I have spoken. For our next segment, we are going to do a Watchmen roundup. We are we have seen now five episodes of the Watchmen. Is it five now? It's Say. five, five total. So we already did the the first one, which is we uh, did the first one, right, right? You know, a whole episode on that. So definitely go check out that podcast if you haven't yet. Uh, definitely go check out the show if you haven't yet. It's because totally we're worth spoil it. Spoil a bunch of stuff here, and we're going to go into some deep speculation. Uh, yeah, which is uh, which we're pretty certain on a lot of things. So um, it's going to be spoilers. Yeah, yeah, De- definitely, definitely. I mean, these episodes are out. I mean, it's it's the best thing on TV right now. I think yeah, neck yeah, and neck. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Mandalorian's very good, but um, they're, they're but different I, I think, shows. They're different. Yeah, shows. right. Two two different things. This has more episodes now, so you get a yeah. more of a flavor for what they're doing. The Mandalorian only had two, right. so 
you know, we'll see where that goes. But yeah, this for me is taking the cake right now. Right. Right. Yeah. I have, uh, uh, my wife is, um, she's upstairs. We rented the Watchmen movie so she could catch up. She's watching it, watching uh, Watchmen with me, but she has to, I have to explain every, to pause every five minutes and explain who these characters are. So she's watching the movie and I know, I know there's no squid monster. I get it. Uh, but even though there was no squid monster in the Zack Schneider movie, oh my gosh, did we, we get got a squid monster? We, we got, got it. the squid monster. We got it. Oh, we got, wow. and, uh, That's awesome. And right, right around the corner, uh, you know, the, the effects were felt in Hoboken, New Jersey. Right, right. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt, right. <laughs> that um, was great. Uh, so, so what what do you want to do? Do you, do you want to just talk about everything all at once? Do you want to try and go I, episode by episode? I mean, at this point, I, I kind of... Don't really There's remember so much enough to okay. go episode by episode. So so let's go by themes, right? We could talk okay. about it by themes. So I think the biggest thing, and this is this is speculation, spoilers, and people are going to, you know, so this is going to ruin things for people. But I really believe that um, because uh, Angela Abar, uh, Sister Knight, took the uh, nostalgia pills, but in the comic book, it was just like a perfume, right? Um, she took the nostalgia pills from her grandfather, who it was the little boy in the in the way we like we yep. talked about was the little boy in the very first episode. But I believe that it's not merely he was the little boy. I believe that um, uh, uh, Lou Gossett Jr.'s character Will um, is, is going to be revealed to be. Uh, hooded justice from the original Watchmen cartoon, and, and and Angela Abar will figure that out because she's taking the pills that contain his memories, and then yeah. she's gonna she's gonna like look in a mirror and it'll be Hooded Justice. Yeah, it's funny when when you after the second episode, you and I both had the same theory, and we were texting each other, but we didn't want to spoil it for each other, so it was like, uh, hey, I got a theory. Do you have a theory? I'm like, yeah, I got a theory, but what's your theory? And yeah, we we both thought the same thing. I mean, right. it it fits, right? I mean, okay. his so here's his... the evidence, right? Let's detail yeah. the evidence, right? Go ahead. Um, Hooded Justice one, he is uh, uh just over a hundred years old. It fits, right? Right. He, he is the age that he could be alive in the 1940s as Hooded Justice. Two. Every time we see see Will, the character Will, Angela Abar's grandfather, he is wearing the color scheme of... The color palette, yeah. The the color palette of Hooded Justice, too. Angela's character wears a hood, and even though he's there in the thing, he has a jacket on, he's wearing a hood hood as well. Um, He is watching... uh, his the hooded justice wears a noose around his neck, and the Don Johnson character Judd, um, the captain was of the police force, noose. was yep. hung with a noose um, at the, at that point in time. Now there's also this odd thing with the German connection because there was this uh, dead guy winding up in a river in the comic book, and then they show it in the. Um, in the in the series and it's like oh this was this german circus strongman but what happens is hooded justice's father right Mm -hmm. he was in germany and he got 
that flyer from the air. So there is something to do with Germany still. But that, I think, even echoes more to the fact that that, that was, you know, hooded justice. And then I, and I actually, I wrote in a message, I could stay off the message boards, and I was like, yeah, it's going to be hooded justice. And somebody's like, no, in the comic book, he's white. Now, in the comic book, there's this kind of color palette, and the colors are always really weird. So you're going to look at some character, and they're going to be some weird color because they have this very specific color palette. And, and yes, he's always in a in a head to toe mask and a, a right. suit. So you, but you know, you see a little, but but you know what? Look at what Angela Abar does. What does she do with her eyes? Right, she's she painting spray black. paint yeah. across her eyes. So what about Hooded Justice? What Hooded Justice? He would would. The United States accept a black superhero in the 1940s or before he put his hooded justice on, did he put some kind of white face makeup around his eyes so that it would hide the fact that he was a, he was a black man? Right. I mean, that's possible. And this is Damon Lindelof. So, right. you know, he wants you to think this stuff, but then he's not going to put it there at face value. So I think I wouldn't put it past him to show you this character as a white man who you're seeing in the TV show, right? right? When they're, when they're, the, the theme throughout the, yeah. right. They're showing you, you know, bits and pieces of past superheroes, um, through a television show. So classic misdirect there. I mean, there's no reason right. why it, it wouldn't be this way. Right. And then, you know, more evidence, um, com- coming up is in the episode, I think it was, the fourth one where he's he's in the wheelchair and then at the end he stands up and he's walking around. Right. So right. there's obviously more to this character than they're letting on. And he's he's telling Angela that he killed Judd and he has superpowers. I don't know if he says he has right. superpowers, but he was strong enough to, to kind of do it. So right. I'm kind of believing him that this is definitely, um, okay. you know, the, pos- next the realm thing. of possibility. Now, the trillionaire, True. Her name is True, correct? The right. trillionaire, True. Right, that was not in episode five, but she was featured prominently in episode four. So you go back to original Watchmen. True is from Vietnam, right? You go back to the original Watchmen. The scene where Doctor Manhattan and the comedian are in the the tavern in Vietnam, and a woman comes in and tells. Um, the comedian that that's her baby and then the comedian guns her down right there in the in the place and he walks out and in the comic book and in the movie the comic book he's just looking over her body is true the trillionaire that baby that the comedian shot so is is true also a child of the comedian I mean that's that's very much possible, right? The, the comedian has been brought up in the show yet. I mean, there was well, the, the it one has scene because, in it because her right, name. Well, she took right, his right. name. Th- that's right. That's right. Silk Spectre explains it. Right. That's right. Took his name. Right. That that's right. And then there was and she's a, becoming more like the comedian because she's becoming more. Um, she's becoming more cynical. She's becoming more just like like when what was the name of the guy? The Shadow or the Night Shadow or something. When she set him up, uh, when they she was fake robbing the bank, and then the hero oh, came yeah, in yeah, like yeah. Batman. Everybody yep, thought it was yep, going to yep. be night out, and then she just shoots him. And goes, did you know he had body armor? And she was like, I don't care. I guess, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, right? So I guess who cares, right? 
Um, right. But she is becoming more like the community. So anyway, so my thing is, is that I think that true the millionaire, the trillionaire, true the trillionaire is... Is going to be a product of the right, Vietnam. Right. From- because Dr. Manhattan could have easily saved her right there. He has the powers to do anything. She just had been shot. You know, he could have saved that baby right there. Because comedian walks out of the room and Dr. Manhattan is right there. And also, Dr. Manhattan... Well, it's it's Veet who who is the genetic engineer specialist, but Doctor Manhattan and Viet um, uh, work together with a lot of kind of things. But anyway, right? Um, do you want to jump right into him, Adrian Veit? Yes, let's do the Adrian Veit. Yeah, so, so so he he's on Europa, the moon of Jupiter. Right. Europa. Yeah, that that came out today, confirmed by Damon Lindelof. Um, oh, yeah, we, we were. Yeah, yeah, he he officially said that. Yeah, because we we were speculating. Well, my my theory was. Were his scenes not in the same time frame of right. what is going okay, on okay, now? Okay. That, that's that's what what I you had. Call, you call that one. You call that one. Yeah, right. Right from the very start, you call that one. And then you you were you were thinking, oh, maybe Doctor Manhattan has him like prisoned or something. Right. And I I think that's what it is. I think it's a combination of the two actually, because in the same episode with True, where yeah. you see a, it looks like a spaceship or right. I don't know something crash lands on Earth. We're assuming that's going to be Adrian right. Byte, right? right? Coming back to Earth. Right. Because because every time we see Adrian Byte, it's one year later. So you were looking at Adrian Byte a few years ago in the first episode because right. what Damon Lindelof was talking about was how he really liked how Watchmen did nonlinear storytelling and he really learned that kind of storytelling technique from that. So these were kind of this um, kind of lost type flash- flashbacks to Adrian right. Light leading up to uh, very much in the in the, uh, the vein of the lost television show that he he worked on that going back in time. And every time you saw him, there was another candle on the cake. And then, you know, how he used all these clones. I mean, I, I, I guess we could call them clones. He fishes them out of the water, right? And um, I think I think those, I, I believe, and with, I mean, maybe a little bit of evidence, they're all clones of of, of Dr. Manhattan. And Dr. His Manhattan. Before, his, before the change, right? Yeah, I, I think that, that makes sense. I mean, because he had to get the figured genetic material somewhere. I mean, he, but he's known to genetically create stuff, right? Like he created the squid. Didn't right, he had right, a cat right. too, right? He had um, yeah, what, a yeah, sphinx, what was like a large sphinx, purple yeah. sphinx or something like that. Yeah, right? that 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 he 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 made himself. So, you know, it's very very plausible that, that he's creating these beings, and you know, he's putting them in a microwave and they're growing up right uh, immediately. Basically, is, is what's going on. Um, so so yeah, so, so he's trying to escape. Right, right. Or right, is, right. is there something you want to say? And he, first? he used, he used, he used the, he used the. Uh, he was making uh, spacesuits out of their skin. He was flaying them and making leather spacesuits out of their skin. And then it wasn't thick enough, so he went to go get buffalo. So he was able to make a buffalo spacesuit, and that was just kind of gross. Uh, and that you know, it's. Um, but yeah, so I'm still thinking, and when when he piles up the bodies. Right, which is very much something that happened in the Black Freighter, um, um, uh, the Black Freighter comic book. At the end of each episode, uh, each original comic book, there was something he did. Oh, he made the raft out of dead bodies. That's right. So he's trying to get saved using dead bodies as a raft to get back. So he's going through the Black Freighter because you even see the flag 
the yep. black freighter frags or yep. the flag, yep. so he's trying to get back from that, right? Um, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, you got to keep up because we're not going to slow down. <laughs> yeah, no, de- definitely we're not. Bla- we're blasting through. Go back, read the Watchmen original comic book cover to cover right now. Then you'll get what we're talking about. Um, this is deep. This is deep. This is deep, deep cuts, deep cuts. All right. Now, here's the bit. Here's the big question, which they hinted at in the very first episode or the second episode, but they're not really leaning heavy onto it. Is Dr. Manhattan, where is he? Or who is he? Is Dr. Manhattan one of the characters in the show because Will, Angela Abar's grandfather, said, oh, but he could take a human form. And they were like, no, can he? What's his powers? Can he do that? Right. That he would Dr. Be Manhattan can do anything. Whatever he could do, whatever he wants. Yeah. Right? So could Dr. Manhattan be one of the characters in the show? A couple of ideas. Is Will not actually... Um, hooded justice and it's a it's a red herring and he's actually dr manhattan that's one possibility could be possible all right but this is what i think angela's husband might be dr manhattan really and this is why i'm thinking that because he said that there's nowhere to go when you're when you die and it sounded like he actually knew what he was talking about right right And, and his line delivery is flat like uh yeah and intentionally flat it's not you know bad acting or any kind of thing like that it, it's like this very precise kind of like when she goes i'm trying to start a fight with you and he's like i don't really yeah. know what you want to fight i think i think he's dr manhattan that, that's i can buy that yeah. i can buy into that one for sure because you know dr manhattan is coming it's inevitable i think yeah i mean they they even show that in the the preview the tra- after right, the first a, episode right it was a like a blue hand picking up right. a dr manhattan mask right yeah so so yeah he's coming night owl is not going to come i think this season i think they're i they were you saying that did they okay uh did they I'm pr- yeah i'm pretty sure right, they to another season they greenlit a second season yeah that that'll be about night owl they haven't. I don't think they've casted him. I think that the second season will be Night Owl in a in a different location because you know this right now it's all Tulsa, Oklahoma, and it takes place primarily all in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I mean, you have a second season. I doubt it'll be in Tulsa. Watch it be in like Vietnam or New York or something like that. Probably Vietnam would be a a much more interesting thing to do where where they could go for a second season. Yeah, I mean, they, they can do whatever they want, right? They can hop all over the, the globe right. at any time, you know, establishing what's kind of going on um, in the different areas. Oh, here's another mystery. You think about it, but here's another mystery. What is up with Trillionaire True? What is up with her daughter? Because she comes out, right? She wakes up from bed. And then she says, oh, and we were burning and I was walking down the street. One, the first thing I thought of when they talked about that is that uh, terrible, but, uh, I mean, I mean uh, pow- terribly powerful photograph from the Vietnam War with, with the naked Vietnamese uh, um, 
a kid walking down. She's naked and she's yeah. walking down, burnt down the down down the down the street. It's uh, it's it. I mean, don't. I mean, the, if you don't have a you know a strong stomach, don't look at it. But it was one of those things that really kind of was an iconic image of the, how terrible the Vietnam War was. And the, when when she's the when she's describing it, uh, True's daughter is describing it. I'm thinking, wow, that sounds exactly like that photograph. Um, and they do a lot of stuff like that, right? Like just in this last episode. But in in the in the actual comic book itself, didn't um, the comedian burn a lot of like the village? Didn't yeah. he have like a flamethrower? Yeah, yeah, but but you, you yeah, know, exactly, so exactly. So I'm wondering. I mean, I, I guess she would be too too young to experience that, right? Agent Orange was made here in Newark, right there. <laughs> Right right in the Ironbound, and there were a lot of people were burned in Vietnam War, in the real Vietnam War, and then in the uh, the Watchmen version of the Vietnam War, a lot of people were burned. We have to destroy the village to save it. Uh, Awful. Um, But she's having this memory, right? She's too young, right? That's that's what I'm saying. So, so is she a clone, or is she taking the nostalgia pills, or is it a combination of some such? Is that child a clone of True? Is it because you know we 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 go they go to um, Looking Glass again? What a great character! We you know we've been talking about the Watchmen for now for I don't know how long, and we yeah. haven't even talked about Looking Glass, like my favorite character. Yeah, he's he's great. He's awesome. That he goes to the pet cloning place, and everybody's a twin. In the in the pet cloning place, and then they take the little puppy, and then they put it in the incinerator. I'm like, oh my gosh, why are you doing this to me, Joe? Why are you why are you doing this? Yeah, it's so awful. I mean, cloning is obviously a huge part of, of this show. So it's how cigarettes are illegal, you know, right? She was a control <laughs> it's a controlled substance cigarette. She went out for a smoke cigarettes. It's just these little kind of things. Like Steven Spielberg never makes Schindler's List. He makes the movie Pale Horse which is a retelling of what happened in New York City and the uh, 7th Cavalry spy, the blonde 7th Cavalry spy that went in to go see Looking Glass and it was there with him at the having drinks with him, starts describing the movie. He's describing scenes from Schindler's List with a girl with a red coat, right? And that's Schindler's oh, okay. List. So, so in this reality, Steven Spielberg means, makes Pale Horse instead of Schindler's List. Why Pale Horse? Because that was the band that was playing in new york city so if you go and look at the original comic book there's like a poster or something of pale horse falling over and of course pale horse is the the fourth horseman of the apocalypse so it is like every it's in this this thing with there's this in in watchmen where's this this daisy chain of imagery right from the doomsday clock to the the smiley face with the drop of blood and it just keep on goes in this kind of daisy, daisy chain so each image, the imagery and the and, and and the ideas kind of build upon each other in this kind of free form consciousness of this kind of it like this kind of uh, it's just great. It's just great. Yeah, no, the the, the show re- really is phenomenal. Um, all right, what else do you want to talk about? I think we we, we covered we covered a lot. I'm sure there's a a lot of stuff. You know, we, oh wait, I, I got we one. We I didn't got even one. Call Silk, talk about Silk Spectre. We didn't. Talk no, about he, he, but here, here you go. I want to bring this up real quick. So, the end of episode, I think, two, ends with Will being whisked away in a car, right? And right. then episode three, the car is dropped right in front of Silk Spectre. 
Right, right, right. Now, I mean, they, they kind of said True is the one that took the, yeah, the they, car they, and, yeah. and dropped it. Right. But, but uh, I was kind of hoping that was going to be a Night Owl, um, right. it, you know, introduction there. I but, thought I mean, it was, was Night Owl. Good. It still might be Night Owl. It still might be Night Owl. But well, I, they need somebody to I, pilot it, right? Right. I have a feeling, though, that Night Owl is going to be saved for season two. I think I have a feeling of that because I mean they don't want to use they don't want to use all their characters. It has to be a, a draw, a reason to bring two. them in. Yeah, 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 right, 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 right. A draw. Yeah, it's it's, it's interesting too. But no, uh, the the new Silk Spectre. Um, you know, I really like her character. Uh, oh, oh, here's another thing. Silk Spectre's new sidekick, the little kind of nerdy guy who yep. again yep. the thing. Uh, the the scuttlebutt online is that he's Lube Man. You know Lube Man who was running down the street and put all the lube and then he slid into the sewer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, the like that the, the people are saying because he's he has the same build. He has his obsession. He did his his master's thesis on superheroes. He's like he goes and looks at Angela throw the thing over over the throw, throws the wheelchair over the thing and then all of a sudden uh Silk Spectre knows everything about it. Okay. I think he's Lube Man. You know, I totally <laughs> forgot about that scene. I totally forgot about that scene. Lube Man. That's, that's a good one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So um, I th- I think he's Lube Man. I think right. he's Lube okay. Man. And I like that's the idea of like who's who, you know, because there's yeah, yeah, because yeah. we're doing a show it's about masks, right? Right. And identities and who's who who has what identity and that we can speculate on this. I mean, I'm sure I, I got a couple of things right, but I'm sure I'm I'm definitely sure I got a couple of things wrong. But Oh uh, yeah. yeah. But, but it's uh, fun. That's part of this the fun, yeah. right? To speculate. And, um, and that's that's a great thing about this show because it, it works like the original Watchmen because it starts with a murder. And the reper- repercussions right. of that murder go through everything. And that they give us just a little bit of information, and and, and really, there's a, like they they kind of um, gank us with information so that we don't have enough, and then we're just kind of just trying to suck it out and learn more and more, and then that kind of realization when, like, Looking Glass is the guy in Hoboken in, in you know 1985. And the, the Bible, the Bible thumper, thumper, basically. and of course he's in a place that breaks. He's surrounded by mirrors, and then that's the th- is that the thing that saved him? So he has the mirror under his hat, and the, his name is yeah. Looking Glass. And the... now here's a question about looking. No, the, the, the symmetry right, there right. Was, was interesting. And here's the thing with Looking Glass: Does he have? Is he dead or not? Oh. Yeah, is he dead or not? Does he survive the end of this last episode? Right. So we'll, we'll we'll save that. Go, go ahead, go go to your question. Um, does he have a superpower of truth being able to discern the truth? Is that a superpower that he gained because of the psychic attack on Manhattan? Oh, that's because he's the only. See, I, I was thinking. Yeah, I mean, he he could tell right if people are lying or not. Right. But um, plain, just like a superpower, you know, they they handle it like a superpower. Yep, they do, and and like he does the interrogations and all that stuff, and he kind of knows what's going on. He knew. The, the guy didn't even say a word, and he knew he was lying about stuff. So that's very much a possibility. I mean, I just took it as like a poker player when you, you know someone's bluffing or not. Yeah. You just have a good read on people. That that's what I I thought it, it was. But well, in the beginning, yeah, I mean, in the very, beginning, you think much. I I thought it was the the pod that did it. But I think the pod is just something that because it's kind of silvery on the outside too. 
I think the pod is just something that accentuates that power of his. I mean, that, that's possible too. I mean, don't don't forget, this is a show where even though it's about superheroes, none of them actually have right, superpowers. Right. So, you know, but except this Dr. is Manhattan. also after, yeah. right? Except Doctor Manhattan, right? He he's the anomaly, so he does, he doesn't and really count. But with, if the, you know, the psychic squid did it, right? Then it's very much right. possible that all these people could have different uh, different kind of powers. And and in uh, the original Watchmen, there's this thing about Adrian Veidt being able to catch a bullet. And he does. He injures himself when he does it in the comic book. Right. In the movie, they make it like, oh, look at him. He could catch a bullet. But, I mean, a human being can't catch a bullet. You know, is that right. a superpower? Did he genetically alter himself to be able to do more? I mean, he he's definitely a character that could do yeah, that yeah. for sure. And then you have this kind of thing, well, nostalgia with the memories and things like that. I mean, it's it's possible. It's 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 completely possible. O- overall, it's great. Yeah. The show's great. We're we're loving it. Um. You know, this is going to be another one like The Mandalorian. I think we're going to have to try yeah, and do yeah. an episode after every episode just so we can kind of discuss and keep up ourselves. But so the main question here is Looking Glass. You know, it ends on a cliffhanger where he's in his house and the, the 7th Cavalry is coming to get him. They they cock the shotgun. Is he dead? What do you think? I think that the next episode they won't answer that question and they'll keep us hanging up until the following episode. I, I th- I think so too. I think next episode is going to be all uh, Angela with the the pills and a whole flashback episode. I I think I think I think Looking Glass survives, and I think I think you know I, I, he's not dumb. He picks up on things very quickly. I think that uh, I think he's he's going to be prepared. I think he's prepared. I think he survives. Yeah, I I think I think so too. I think him being beaten down and, and worn out is uh. Uh, what what's the word I'm looking for? A um, misdirect, yeah, yeah. like like a a real yeah, misdirect. Yeah. yeah. But all right, yeah, Watchmen. Let's keep watching. We keep we're gonna keep watching. Keep the watching the Watchmen. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Not All Pods. Visit us on our website at notallpodcastwearecapes.com and send us an email notallpods at gmail.com. Also subscribe and listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. Not All Podcasts Wear Capes is a Thaumaturge Wonderworks production. This issue was edited by Andre 3.0 Marks. Um, the director is... Pause for oh, look Chris up. Nolan. Chris, Chris Nolan. Nolan. Okay, sorry. My memory. Brain fart. Brain fart. Um... <laughs> It's going to be complicated. Oops. Yeah, we'll throw a beep um, in there 3.0. I shouldn't be looking up the uh, creature. Anyway, I won't. Sorry. Okay. Cut that out. Okay.